welcome to Arrest All Mimics. My name is Ben Tallon. This is the Creative Innovation Podcast. I always feel the need to shout that last word at you. Um, I hope you're feeling it. <laughs> How are you doing? The weather is wet and rich, like them nasty big clumps of leaves when there might be something from a dog underneath it. You know what I'm saying? Or maybe you don't. Maybe I've just been weird again. I don't know. Don't really care. <laughs> hope you're good. What are you creating? What are you doing? You're acting, you're singing, you're dancing, you're taking photographs, so you're laying out typography. Uh, how did you find last week's show with Kim Vowsden, speaking of typography? We've got the letterpress on the go. I hope you enjoyed that. It was good fun. I loved it. Geeking out. Uh, if you follow the social channels at Arrest All The Mix on Instagram and Twitter, you'll have seen the beautiful images from Kim's studio because there's so much sexy typographic equipment about prints, letterpress, uh, all the little characters, I've forgotten the names of it. You know when you get the lead in and all that stuff? If you know your language, you'll know what I'm on about. Uh, but I hope it was good. I hope you enjoyed the show. We've got Jay Taylor coming up today and we're talking about changing direction. Yeah, because Jay has made a big switch from the world of illustration to fine art recently. We're going to be discussing that and getting under the skin of it. Um, so what's been going down? What's been going on? Uh, episode 100, I announced it in the week on the social channels. Uh, Olivier Kugler is going to be my guest. And it may just be a two-part episode because it's a big conversation because Olivier's done a hell of a lot. And believe me when I tell you, he's got stories coming up. He's got so many stories. The stuff he's done is ridiculous. Um, we've got stories about spending time with a mafioso supergrass who's got a contract on his head for his life. Yes. Just when I think... I've been in some situations with my work, you talk to Olivia Kugler and you realise that you've led a pretty sheltered career. <laughs> and I think most of you are going to feel the same way. Uh, and that's a good thing because he's got some brilliant stories, some heart-wrenching ones, some funny ones, some deep ones. Um, got all that coming up in a few episodes time, but we'll not get distracted right now because we've got today's fabulous guest, Jay Taylor. So quickly got to thank the sponsors. Heart Internet, we'll start with Heart today, my digital tech sponsor. I've um, been supporting the show for a while now, fantastic company providing SEO, domain names, um, social media advice, all sorts of great stuff when they give us a little digital tip every episode. Um, and looking back at Jay Taylor's work, um, my guest today, it was awesome when we were graduating and he found this style because Jay was a year ahead of me, right, at uni. We both studied We both studied at the University of Central Lancashire in Preston. And Jay would sit there all day with his head down under his headphones, as we'll discuss later. And um, he just used to get so into the work. And he had this kind of social commentary, funny, darkly comedic style. And I was really envious of this stuff. But when he started to share this stuff online, when he got started, the feedback was always wonderful. And his website was dead simple, but really cool and really... Just showed him off, and um, I don't think Jay's ever been the biggest social guy from looking at what he does, but I think it's a less is more approach, and, and he's had a hugely successful illustration career up until this point where he's changed directions recently. Um, but I guess the lesson is less is more. He, he just he shared here and there. He didn't do, he hasn't been prolific, but he hasn't needed to be either. I think his work uh, it, it translates and people do share that stuff quite far and wide so I guess it's about what you're saying with your work what's the essence of it what's the message underneath it I've mentioned this before but it's not about quantity it's, it's about striking the right chords with the right audience that you want to see your work so Jay did a lot of work with The Guardian um, and it was perfect for that world he did work with Mixmag again tongue in cheek there's a lot of kind of cool dry humour going on in Mixmag's editorial content 
and he just found the right people to get that stuff out there. And uh, like I said, I've never seen him as someone who's particularly prolific, but somebody who has had a good grasp and an understanding of his audience. So I'm excited to see where he takes that with his new fine art. And that is a tip, courtesy of hatinternet.co.uk. Go and check them out. They're fantastic. Illustration Web, my agency, illustrationweb.com, representing over... Oh, I don't know what it's over. Over maybe 150, something like that. A lot of people, around 200 illustrators, um, got lettering specialists, large-scale mural artists, um, fashion illustrators. They're a great agency doing great work in the industry. Working with the Association of Illustrators, who also support this show, over at the AOI.com. Um, and they're great people. They've been good supporters of this show, founding sponsor from the beginning. So go and check out all the great news about their projects, all the great artists' uh, animation on there too. Go and check it out, illustrationweb.com. So thanks for checking in, guys, what you've been up to. Like I said, I was down in London with Olivia Kugler, who I'm going to be having on the 100th episode, which I'm very, very excited to bring you. Um, he's been doing really important work. His new book... Um, it's coming out before too long. It's going out. It's out in Germany as we as we speak. I believe it's coming out in Switzerland, and he's in the midst of talking to a UK publisher to get that out there too. Escaping wars and waves. It's telling the stories of refugees, and it's really quite touching and heartwarming and funny, and all the things that Olivia Kugler has become known for. Uh, and won awards for, deservedly so. Uh, do go and check out his show, which is coming up on the 6th of December at Rich Mix in London, in Shoreditch. Um, it's going to be fantastic. I'm going to try and get down for that myself. I think the launch night is on the 6th of December. Uh, and it's on for a while. It's on for a few weeks. And please go and see it. This stuff is really quite striking. I was lucky enough to see Olivia's original drawings in his studio and spend a whole afternoon with him talking about this stuff. And he's a wonderful character. Very, very talented man. And... My God, like I said, the stories. But that's for another day. Um, we're going to talk about all that good stuff. I was at Glug last week in Manchester. That was fantastic. Uh, I got to see Dave Sedgwick from Studio DBD talking. Really, really funny stuff. As a fellow uh, wrestling fan, he had some great slides in his shows. Um, if you get the chance to see Dave talk, I'll go and check out his work. Do, I'm going to have him on the show coming up before too long. Um, so it's all going on. Uh, get us your feedback. What do you think? Previous shows, um, out to rest on the mix on both channels. Twitter, if you want a conversation. Instagram, if you want to go and look at the visual goodies and uh, get your comments on there as well. So, Jay Taylor. Why have I got Jay on the show? I'll tell you why. Because I graduated with Jay and I was very envious, as we talk about in the uh, in the episode, because he was a year ahead of me and I saw this guy graduate. And I just heard on the grapevine through our lecturer that he'd got his commission from Channel 4 and he was working for The Guardian. And you kind of sick in your mouth a little bit when you hear that stuff when you're getting started out because there is a lot of envy and there is a lot of uh, comparatitis which is the word that I heard from recent guest Jordi Goldman on the show go back and check that one out um, and imposter syndrome and all those things and that was all raging in me uh, graduating from the University of Central Lancashire Jay is a top lad and, and there's a reason why his work connected and got over quite quickly as he'll describe in the show today so we are going to cover all that stuff we're going to talk about his illustration we're going to talk about why he took on the job lecturing on the fine art and illustration degree uh, at Coventry and why that's an important blend and, and what that means for the course and what that means for the graduates. Um, and it's a fascinating journey. And then I went into the day's lecturing for Jay a little while back, last year in fact, and he started to show me these amazing paintings that he'd been doing in his, uh, in his studio. So he'd only just started to put this stuff out to the world and 
he's selling them for a decent price. He's got shows going on. And I didn't know about any of this stuff. But when I looked at the work, I was pretty gobsmacked. I thought it was fantastic. It was a step forward. And I'll be the first to admit, I thought Jay's work had gotten a little stiff towards the end. And he'll tell us why on the show today. But this switch in direction is now fully fledged. And Jay's completely rebranded. He's launched his website exclusively with his fine art. And he stepped completely away from illustration. Ballsy move. He's been doing this for 10 years, so we're going to talk about the reasons why, how he's found that, uh, the challenges he's found, why it's exciting and why lecturing has freed him up to do this, the merits of having a job on the side to pay for what you want to do and where you want to go. So all that stuff's coming up. Like I said, get us your feedback on the Twitter, at Arrest All Mimics. Uh, tell us what you're thinking about that stuff. Uh, I'm going to get you to it. I've rambled on long enough. Uh, as ever, do go and drop us, drop us a review, please, on the iTunes or the Apple Podcast if you get a chance. Uh, they, they mean a lot if you like the show and you like what I'm trying to do by shining a light on people's interesting work and their journeys, then please do take a moment to go and do that because it means a lot and it really helps. Thanks again to the sponsors, heartinternet.co.uk and illustrationweb.com. Go and check out those guys. And you find me in Coventry, uh, locked in a little recording booth before the students arrived at the university with Jay Taylor. Right, so how long is it since we graduated? 11 years and 10 years respectively. Yeah, I think it's 11 for me now, yeah. That's crazy, isn't it? In its own right. Shot boy. So quick. <laughs> Ridiculously quick. So, well, so before we thought we got to where you are now, what, what is your background? I, I never sort of did ask, are uh, you from creative family? Did you draw as a kid? Yeah, I mean, not a creative family at all. Um, my dad takes credit for my <laughs> drawing ability because he taught me how to draw. We used to play this game where he would put like nine eggs mm. on a piece of paper and I would have to draw the faces on his head. And yeah, he's taking full credit for me being a creative. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, so he, he doesn't let me leave that down. Yeah, I mean, other than that, though, there's no artistic interest in my family. No. My brother uh, got into coding, so he's really he's a, he's a web developer now. Um, yeah, my dad was a scaffolder, something in a scaffold business. So yeah, no kind of background. It was, I think, I got into it through um, just pure enjoyment. And yeah. I think you know, I, I kind of spent a lot of time doing it. I spent time um, with video games, like sort of making up video game ideas. And I think, That's cool. yeah, when I was kind of younger, it was that time where you know the Nintendo, the NES, was yeah. coming out. So it was this new sort of way of. Um, sort of putting across video games now you knew UIs and all those sorts of things so yeah I got really interested in in that that's how I kind of got interested I think in, in okay, drawing so that was the early triggers sort of yeah, thing that, yeah did the characters kind of inform what you would be drawing at that point now? That was the... it was um, one in particular I remember was remember Tekken yeah 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 so I used to like make my own fighting game so I'd draw the characters create a backstory for them have pages and pages of this you know I thought one day I'm going to make these yeah, yeah. I mean, lost them completely <laughs> I have no idea where they are could be worth millions now but yeah, so it was just hours and hours and hours. I remember being on holiday in Wales and just spending most of the holidays drawing these these fighting characters. Yeah. Again, like you, it's like interested in the wrestling as well, so it's kind yeah. of all these interests crossing over. I'm always endlessly interested in those early uh, indicators that people show because it's very subconscious and very natural. Yeah. But then we, we freeze up as adults, don't we, and relinquish that a little bit and Definitely. say it's something that we're doing naughty almost. Yeah, yeah. I think my earliest memory of kind of my first illustration commission, I must have been about five. I remember going around my neighbour's house and we were drawing um, bookmarks, like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle bookmarks. And <laughs> this, this other five-year-old lad, David Brook, his name was, had 20p. And I sold him this, this bookmark. 
And I remember his mom was really angry. She came into my house and said, he wants his money back, giving him this rubbish. <laughs> my first harsh critique. That's pretty funny, actually, and that does speak larger volumes, doesn't it, about that parental attitude towards art and the more creative yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, the fact that he spent that on art rather than sweets. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, I'm, I'm quite good with taking critique now after that. Yeah, it's yeah. for life, but you know, yeah. harshest critique I've ever received. <laughs> that's that is that's great criticism, actually. That's pretty. That's, that's pretty funny. <laughs> so we met at uni at UCLA. I mean, did you go? Did you go to college before that? Yeah, so I went to to Warsaw College to study graphic design. Yeah. Um, yeah. After a, a careers interview, I knew I wanted to get into the arts. Mm. After a careers interview, um, I was recommended that I try graphic design, which I, I enjoyed, but there just wasn't enough. Drawing, you know, after I found out for two years, it was studying that it just didn't have enough drawing for me. Mm. And I remember on the on the day, um, our college lecturer kind of got everyone sat down. I was like, "Who's interested in going to university?" And everyone in the class put their hand up, apart from me, because it's never my plan. It was like, mm. "Go to college, get a job, learn from experience." Yeah. yeah, that was my plan. Um, but I remember that day, and everyone put their hand up. Just out of embarrassment, I went. Yeah, me too. He's like, right, you get the day off then to go and look at some prospectuses. I was like, yes, day off, nice one. <laughs> <laughs> so I went down into the into the sort of the, the college library and looked at food prospectuses and then saw this illustration course and I thought, oh yeah, that's what I want to do. And coincidentally at the same time there was a Harry Wingfield exhibition on at the Warsaw Art Gallery. And uh, Harry Wingfield did the Ladybird book illustrations, you know, really old stuff. And I kind of looked at that and I was like, oh my god, this is a job. You know, with that and the prospectus, I thought, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm interested in this. And so asked uh, uh, one of my tutors, where's good? And they recommended Preston. And so literally in the space of a day, I'd gone from, I'm just going to get a job to, I'm going to uni now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it, it yeah, got accepted and then the rest is history. Isn't it a weird moment where you kind of simultaneously realise that there's a career doing this, but then at the same time an even heavier weight comes down going, but how the hell do I get started? <laughs> that was the problem. It was like, I know I'm good at this thing. You know, yeah. how, how is this going to be a job? And graphic design seems to be the first thing that people go towards. And it was just learning that illustration was a thing. Yeah, you, know, you, kind of, you see them. Along. Yeah, you see them on the books and stuff, but yeah. you, don't, you don't comprehend that's a job. No, well, it's, I mean, it almost seems... I've read a lot of Spider-Man and X-Men growing up and all that stuff, and Beano and uh, then Viz in later years, but you don't ever... And it's sad that we don't make that connection between that and a career, and I, mean, yeah. I guess that goes back to that sort of parental attitude. Or maybe, uh, now, maybe even the school attitude of... It's not serious enough, it's not academic. Yeah, I mean, it's a big issue. I mean, obviously, schools are cutting their art programmes. And, mm. you know, I, I've um, been to a friend's school and did some art workshops for them with the kids. And they basically get a week, and I was part of that week um, where they would do art events and just do some activities. Mm. And it was really sad. There was, there was sort of five plus um, age range. And when I went there, Half of the class were convinced they couldn't draw at five years old. Wow. Know? And yeah. I sort of taught them how to make these really simple characters, your cats out of triangles and things like that. It's really simple characters. And at the end, they were all like, oh, God, see, you can draw. Yeah. You know, they were convinced that they couldn't at five. It's perception, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, which is really sad. Yeah. That at five years old, they're, they're sort of discounted. The dream is drawing. dead. Yeah. <laughs> it's, really, it's really quite depressing. And yeah. I think in, it, it is sort of the way the education system is shaped now, I think. Yeah, yeah it's, it's geared towards maths and science. And well, it is. It is. I mean, it'll, that'll bring its own resolve and its own kind of backlash. But that's a small minority of people, I think, that, that kind of have that have enough to fight past that. Yeah, sadly. Yeah. So we'll see where that goes. It's going to be interesting. But yeah. um, but so so, what point did you? Because 
you know, I, my memories of you were just in there getting your head down, getting on with it at university. And we were, albeit on different year groups, we mentioned earlier, like we were part of a group of people who, who wanted to do it and we were in the studio making use of the time. Did you always, did you have a belief by that point that you could do this or were you still very much just kind of finding your feet? It's blind naivety. Blind naivety, I think. Um, I grew up, my dad owned a scaffolding business, as I said. And from the age of 14, if I wanted pocket money, I had to go and help him on the scaffold. Yeah. Weekends, at college, I was doing a day a week. Terrible pay, horrible manual labour, um, you know, freezing cold weather, I'd be putting scaffolding up and all those sorts of things. So when I got to uni and had to draw pictures all day, it didn't seem like hard work to me. You know, I mean, going to the studio and drawing was, you know, I was like, oh my God, I do this every single day. This is amazing. Um, and the idea of this being a job, I think it was just, I never considered the, it's kind of like when I applied for uni, I never considered the actual ramifications of what it would entail. So it's kind of like, well, I want to do that drawing thing, I'll just pursue it mm. until it happens. It's always been my way. Yeah. Always been my way, just not overthinking things. And you can't really, can you? Because there is no, yeah, there's method, but often we only see that method with hindsight. It's kind of, you have to go through the grinding to, find, to get a sense of it, which is actually really interesting to what you said there. It's like you had to... Going, you add some great perspective actually that many people don't get until they yeah. graduate. The, the the real job thing. It's like it's yeah. quite. A, if there's one great way to make you think this is what I don't want to do, maybe I should try hard with that. Yeah, I think coming from a non-creative family, I think the one thing I did get from my dad especially was you know sort of business sense and hard work and mm. how to run you know a small business and all that sort of thing. So yeah, that helped. The other side, I mean, the drawing kind of skills were there and they developed them, but actually the thing I think that's helped the most is the fact that I understand how business works and how to promote yourself and mm. you know, what it takes to kind of be a successful business person. Yeah, which speaks volumes for looking at other other sources and other uh, industries to get Course, some insight. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, big advocate of that, yeah. Yeah, which is great. So you you seem to have the roots down at uni that that, uh, that would go on to become like the Scribble GS style. Is that, are you still going to Scribble GS or is that something that you were... It never, never intended to. It just, it just <laughs> happened. I mean, again, it's, it's just, I just, I shouldn't be admitting this, but I put very little thought into a lot of the stuff that I do. I just do it. Um, I even remember the day, like I sat down, had the, the computer in front of me, and was just trying to find a website address because um, mm. I was getting one together before we graduated. And typed in jtaylor.co.uk. It was taken by another artist. I thought, oh, can't say that one now. I tried a few different variations. J Taylor illustration was just too long. So I thought, right, I'll come up with some sort of, you know, name or alias or something like that, just to kind of, the website title. So I thought, right, okay, sat down, put the rehab, I thought, okay, Scribble, my name's Jay, <laughs> and Scribble Jay. Uh, I was going to go for .com, but then I thought, oh no, .co.uk rhymes, that would be easier to say, yeah. ScribbleJ.co.uk. Oh, okay, I never thought about that. And that was it, that was my thought process, and checked it, it was available, paid for it, and I just remember, it was never a thing that I planned. Mm. Then I was getting commissions and people getting interested in my work. I was getting phone calls and I could say, is that Scribble J? And I'd be like, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's J, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I'd get credited in magazines of Scribble J. Yeah. I mean, I never said anything. It was just it just happened. Yeah. It became this thing, this tool that actually helped. You know, I got my own space on Google. Yeah, I was going to say, did you grow into that to a degree? Yeah. Yeah, it just kind of naturally evolved to this it's actual really helpful yeah. name that kind of people would remember him by. Yeah. Jay Taylor's quite popular. Yeah. Quite bland name and there was an already my real name is James Taylor yeah and there's already an illustrator called James Taylor so I couldn't have that mm. so it's just all these circumstances that 
yeah. kind of really helped distinguish me in my own kind of area. It's quite funny, I remember being sort of quietly jealous of that, actually. I remember thinking that's really cool. So and you tried Ben and Ink. Yeah. <laughs> I did, I did, actually, that was really good. I, really I, like I, that, yeah. I know we've got the mutual acquaintance of Roger Brown, who used yeah. to be the design director of The Guardian. I, dis, I distinctly remember ringing up and going, oh, hi, Roger, it's Ben, Ben, Ben Tell, and he's like... Oh, sorry, Ben. Ben who? And I was like, you know, Ben and Ink. He's like, ah, oh, Ben and Ink. Yeah. He's like, yeah, of course. And I was like, oh shit, it's really kind of catching on now. And I did run with that for a few years. Later down the line, I felt it was a little gimmicky, so I phased it out. But um, but it yeah. did work early on. Yeah, I've had that conundrum. Like I'm 33 now, <laughs> so <laughs> I kind of thinking, do I want to be continue to be known as Scribble J? Mm. Um, so yeah, I did kind of phase it out and started asking and requesting to be known as Jay Taylor. But the website, obviously, I can't change. That's still there. Yeah. So it's it's a bit of both now. It's, but it has it has, it's been beneficial. Yeah. You know, in getting me known in a particular area. Like I say, the Google thing. Yeah. But now other Scribble Js are appearing. Oh really? Which is annoying. There's a DJ who just uses a single J, not J-A-Y. <laughs> there's somebody who started a blog under the name of Scribble J, and there's just one post that says, this is not the artist Scribble J. <laughs> I didn't realise he existed. <laughs> Brilliant. That's also, almost, do, you, do you reckon that's a fine art piece? That's I don't know. probably some arrogant fine <laughs> just art piece. Just yeah. one post, that's it, and it's, give, it's just given up. <laughs> that's excellent. <laughs> So what? Because the thing was, we I mean, we were sort of aware of each other at uni, but we just we, we were on different groups. We did our own thing. I then remember hearing through Steve, our, our mutual lecturer, that you were doing. You got a couple of commissions. You'd, I think you did one for Channel Four, if that was right, and you'd done some bits. A second of the commission, guy. yeah. What were what what were the first steps? Then? I mean, where, how did you start to get into business after after uni? So I mean, I, I started straight away. So um, we had postcards printed for our degree show, and um, I got extra printed because I thought I'll have some of the degree show, and I'll start sending them off to clients. And yeah, before we even had our London show, you know, I was sending it off to papers. And I was getting replies on the actual day, um, and it was it was six months off. You know, we'll we'll keep you on file. Um, you're not right for us. Yeah. And I would just have this system where every month I was sending out new postcards, new promotions, uh, and getting those you know those slight comments, nothing concrete, but you know, and I was sort of noting down the people that had replied and sort of keeping them on a separate list so I could mm. continue to pursue them, and. I think it must have been, I graduated in the June, November time I started to get some concrete, yeah, we really like your work, keep in touch. Um, it was a Christmas card that I sent out, um, about a thousand prints I think it was, to all these contacts that I developed over that space of six months. And uh, political correctness was quite big at the time, about Christmas and what we should be calling it. So I just did two baubles in the shape of testicles and said, <laughs> balls of political correctness, Merry Christmas. And it was just you know, a simple idea and that got the Guardian. Is that right? Interested. That's excellent. So I remember the day again, it was, it was, I just got back from scaffolding and it was my birthday, 15th of December, and uh, about four o'clock, and you know, just, oh, what a crap birthday this is, scaffolding all day, you know, I might go for a few pints later. And I got a phone call from Gina Cross at The Guardian, and she was like, yeah, we'd really like your postcard, um, we've got this 12 days of Christmas thing, would you like to do one of the days? And my first commission, yeah. I've never been so excited in my life. I just remember just running around the room, just yeah. like kind of oh, giddy. And what, a, <laughs> and what a great story as well, being off the back of something you'd initiated, you'd done. Yeah. And, you know, it was a very personal piece. That's a great, great... Actually, it, for the, it's the same thing that happened to me, but through Roger Browning. I did, a yeah. very, uh, again, quite a political piece, and uh, without going into detail, it had the same effect. Like That must have been an even greater buzz. It's, I really enjoyed it. I mean, we spoke about this earlier. You know, I really enjoy that process of making fun... Uh, marketing materials. We st- I started off with the postcards and I just felt just putting an image that I'd already done onto a postcard wasn't really saying a lot about me. Mm. It, you know, I, I, they could go on my website and see that image. So I like to create something that wasn't on my site, that was new. Um, so eventually it evolved. You know, when I started, 
making these zines, these sort of small zines that I get printed and sent off to clients, and they were really, you know, well received. Mm. Um, I just used them to everybody. Um, Fig Taylor, who's the portfolio consultant, the Guardian. I used to send them to her, not expecting anything in return. You know, it was just you know good contact to have. Fig Taylor was at the Guardian. No, she was at the AY. Oh, the AY. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I'd send the stuff to her, um, just because I knew she was you know a yeah, good yeah, person yeah. in the industry to know. And she really liked them, and then a couple of years later, she wrote a book. Yeah. Had to create a portfolio and get hired, um, and then she really liked them, put them in there. So yeah. you know, just that sort of just getting the work out there. Yeah. And. Um, it did really well, so yeah, just creating brand new pieces of work that people yeah. wanted to keep, I think, was my, my one yeah. goal when I sent out a marketing campaign. Yeah, and then, I mean, the, the, so the, the, the whole <laughs> kind of um, political correctness, the social commentary uh, aspect of your work, was, uh, was that the meat and bones of it? Because that's what it struck me as, there was, there, was, there was great, I found there was great intelligence in each piece, and I really kind of enjoyed, like, I remember the fat kid in the McDonald's packaging, uh, <laughs> but you know, some of those early pieces, and I mean, I'm sure you look back now and think you've moved on, which you undoubtedly have, but at the time, it really had soul, it had balls, but it wasn't crass in your face for the sake of it, it was, it was good, I can see why the Guardian picked that up. Some were crass in your face. All right, yeah, <laughs> but I mean, <laughs> <laughs> all right, being kind, but, but, even, but still, you know, they, they did, and you, and you weren't afraid to put stuff out there, so... You know. Again, it was just not overthinking the consequences of putting my opinion across. Yeah. Um, I remember having conversations with people that were coming to the uni and sort of give us advice on the portfolio. And a lot of them said, you know, they liked the work, but they, they just couldn't see it being commissioned and being used regularly. Really? So, yeah, I mean, a lot of, I got a lot of people saying that it just probably wasn't right for the, the commercial world. Not actually look at other things. But, again, you know, I found my own market. I, I mean, mm. I got a lot of dark, depressing... Subject matter, yeah. Um, you know, yeah, like you say, sort of social issues with the yeah. those sort of things. The, the recession, strangely, you know, worked in my favour in terms of commissions because I was getting all the depressing stories and <laughs> you know, dank high streets and really miserable subjects. So yeah, I mean, kind of, I found my own niche. Mm. I, I kind of accepted I was never going to be this kind of, you know, this go-to person for this, you know, really kind of slick, yeah, you know, fancy, sexy style. But you know, I carved out my own thing. Yeah, and is it, isn't it great when you start to um, get a sense and, a, and an identity in you and you see it working, that's a huge buzz? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think I could work any other way, you know. I, yeah. I, I want to do my own thing, and yeah. this was... Obviously, I'm, I would sort of work with clients and try and you know, get their ideas across as well. But, yeah, I mean, I just wouldn't be able to work in this industry if I couldn't do my own mm. you know, approaches and ideas to things. Well, that's what we're all looking for, isn't it? Yeah, I yeah. Mean, you're a lecturer now, and um, I'm sure you see it on a daily basis, um, you know, people struggling and fighting, but you probably see stuff that you think that's really good, and they've really found something there, but getting them to see it that way can be quite tricky, can't it? Uh, you know, I certainly, it took me time to, to get an appreciation of my own stuff, even though it was the same as you, the only way I could do it, gathering a confidence and an appreciation took its own time. Without a doubt, without a doubt. I mean, the biggest issue with students, I mean, we probably fell into the same trap, you know, at certain points in our, in our um, university life, you know, it's that idea where they see commercial work, they get an idea or an expectation of what it's supposed to be, yeah. and they kind of try and replicate that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I did, I remember periods where I was copying Dave McKean for a while, I was copying Paul Davis for a while, and at the time I was always just a bad version of them. <laughs> but then looking back in hindsight, you know, I think I've kept things from that, those periods. Yeah. And oh, they, yeah. they've merged into something that is now mine. Yeah. 
I'll say the same thing. My whole first year I spent trying to be Ralph Steadman. Yeah, but it's like Ying's still there. But I'd still love the guy to bits. Yeah, and, it's, and people will always point that out. But I, I'm very confident that I'm nowhere near enough, close enough to be classed as any kind of parody. It's like I've taken that influence and I've gone off and done my thing. You know, it's, uh, it's trying to convince the students of that process. I think they they kind of expect this this moment when they're in the shower or in the studio, <laughs> that click, and they go, "Aha! This is my style." And you go, that's not going to happen. It's, it's years and years of you know acceptance and rejection of processes. Yeah, that's good. I'll keep that. That's crap. I'll get rid of that. Yeah, and it's just years and years of that. Yeah, I mean, you do stuff for the mix mag for, for some time regularly, and uh, it just made total sense when when I found that out and I saw you work in the mag. I was like, yeah, of course, Jay's doing stuff for mix mag. It's it's a good fit. Yeah, and they yeah. they weren't afraid for me to say, you know, kind of in your face things. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, yeah, I worked with them for years and years and years. Then we did, I did a regular commission for like two years. And Hayden, who works there, is great. You know, he would kind of let me get wrong with my ideas. Yeah. And they had a similar sort of sense of humour, yeah. I suppose. So, yeah, it worked really well. Did you go and seek out that nature of uh, sort of client? Did you did you spend time going and looking where you felt where you would have that breathing space and someone that would really embrace you? Yeah, I mean, when I was promoting, it's, I had different levels of, of lists, I suppose. So I would have, like, a high-priority list where those would be the people that I really wanted to work for, mm. and they would get... You know, more of my attention yeah. <laughs> to their, yeah. you know, kind of annoyance maybe. Yeah. Um, then I have to come to the middle list where I thought they might commission me, but I'm not a perfect fit. And mm. then obviously a list where they've never worked for me. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's a really interesting point. So, so, for, so for how long were you just solid freelancing? Because I know you moved into, into lecture and too. Yeah. So five years, mm. you know, full-time freelancer. And, um, why, and why the shift? Uh, <laughs> many reasons, right. So... We were looking for a mortgage, me and my partner at the time. Apparently, it's not that easy to get a mortgage when you're freelance um, because I would have some months where you know, mm-hmm. I was doing really well, some months where it would be terrible, like every kind of freelance story. And so it was difficult to get a mortgage. So I thought, right, I need to get some, some regular income. And it was one of those things. I always kind of wanted to do a couple of days teaching. I just thought it would be good you know, to kind of subsidise my freelance stuff with that. And I remember just sitting in my studio one day. It was a quiet period. I was looking for opportunities and... Things were popping up all over the place, you know, greetings card illustrations for like £10 a piece, that sort of stuff. And then there was the job at Coventry University. And like just on a whim, I was just like, oh yeah, that sounds cool, I'll fill that out, boom, boom done, so literally about half an hour, mm. like on a whim sort of thing. And I forgot I applied. <laughs> <laughs> and it sounds really bad now, I mean, I love the job that I do now, but I just completely forgot, because I was busy with other things. I think a few commissions started coming in after that, and then I was busy again. Uh, I got a phone call saying, oh, Jay, um, we'd just like to invite you for an interview. But they didn't introduce themselves. I kind of thought, like, is this a client? What have I put in? I can't remember what this is. And oh, it's a college <laughs> university. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I never expected to get the job. I turned up and, you know, there was, like, really experienced people um, against me. And so I kind of thought, I did the interview and I thought, oh, I probably won't get that. Um, then, yeah, I got offered the job. Yeah. Um, that was 26 by the age of 27, um, I took over Fine Art and Illustration course. I was a course director at that. And yeah, I've been doing that sort of part-time and alongside the illustration ever since. Yeah. It's a good balance. I like, I like that balance. Yeah. Does it give you each thing fresh? Yeah, it's, it has its challenges. Yeah. Definitely. Um, kids definitely yeah, add to that. Yeah, as well. So yeah, got you've got the ultimate work. The, the, yeah, the sort I mean, of kids, kids is the hardest balance. That's yeah. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so yeah, it's 50-50 split. So I'm like sort of three days here. I'll do three days freelancing. Mm. Yeah, I have a day off. Yeah, um, but it's just having that mindset where you can kind of really section your your life into well, I'm here, so I've got to do this. Yeah, um, and it's, it was difficult to start off with because 
I think I'd still had a lot of the kind of the freelance work, the full-time freelance work still coming in when I first started. Of course. So yeah, that was a really hard yeah. year, trying to get that balance right and yeah, accepting the commissions that I could do, physically yeah. do, um, while still doing a good job here at the university. Do you find it, it, it both frees up, frees you up creatively having this kind of regular income and also are you able to be more selective with what you take on now? Yeah, I mean, there was a point where I couldn't say no to anything. You've probably gone through the same period where you just accept everything. And it's that, it's that habit of being a full-time freelancer where, you know, you, you don't know when the next commission's coming in. Yeah. So you'll work 24-7 just yeah. in case. Um, so I still had a bit of that. I'm getting a lot better now, um, especially since my daughter was born, you know, three years ago. Um, I think it's this need as well to do my own projects now. Yeah. So I'm definitely sort of doing less commission work. And starting my own projects, yeah. um, sort of delve into different areas. I'm interested in the kind of the wider creative fields now. Yeah, I was very focused on illustration before. Yeah, this will actually give you a. What I find is I only go and do this on the odd days. You know, I do like today, for example, we're here now at Coventry University, and it's. I go away feeling really quite inspired by, by seeing this panorama of stuff that people are doing, and it's like, yeah, you know, it might be very early forms of someone's style. It. But I come away thinking, when did I when did I stop experimenting like that? When did I stop getting a bit messier in the studio? And I and I find it gives me this fresh injection of I don't know creativity, I suppose, in a sense. Do you do you get that? I mean, does it benefit you? Yeah, yeah. It reminds you of the excitement. I mean, I mean it takes you back to when you first started, mm. and you know, when we got third years now, we were what six months away from going out into the world, and then they're nervous, but they're excited, and they're at the, the, the start of it. And that was a really enjoyable time. Mm. I'm guessing you sort of felt the same that yeah. you know anything was possible and you know nothing had kind of been established yet. You know what you're going to do, so it's really kind of a challenging but fun, fun yeah. time. And so it reminds you of that, I suppose. Yeah, you know, we're saying that we're quite established, boring kind of people now. We're in the kind of industry. There's, yeah, so it's constantly trying to think. Well, how can I innovate? How can I get that excitement back? And moving into new areas, mm. um, you know, still within the creative fields, so it's really helped regenerate that. Yeah. And the balance of a fine art illustration degree is a very interesting combination because we've mentioned about like the different sort of attitudes within within both fields. Yeah. How do you find that balance? Does that does that tough? <laughs> very yeah. tough. I mean, it's, it's been an ongoing conversation since I started here. I mean, we're the only university up until last year, I think, that offers a fine art and illustration degree. And so it was here when I started, but I, I was given the sort of mantle to kind of develop it. And it was a tiny course, it was 15 students in total. Yeah. Um, and it was very much, here's your illustration bit, here's your fine art bit. And I think the results were quite confused. Mm. You know, it, was kind of, it wasn't its own thing, it was a bit of both. It wasn't officially a sandwich course, but it kind of felt like one. Um, so when I took over, my first kind of goal was to, to re-align it, I suppose, with sort of modern contemporary practice. Yeah. So we, we looked at what was happening on social media and how artists were, were starting to, to work. In, in different ways and so we noticed that when we graduated you know there was there was definite annuals of illustration and books of fine art and it was very separate and you could kind of mm. categorize things quite easily but then there with with students graduating they're so ingrained on social media and they're just picking what they like yeah. rather than tagging it so like that's an image that i like that's a painting i like that's an animation and as a result their kind of inspirations are sort of melding together in these kind of new interesting ways Mm. I think just yeah so they're inspired by lots of different resources because there's so much access so what's yeah. coming out is this you know I think our students tend to have the aesthetic of an illustrator yeah. but they like to work as a fine artist you know they like to do exhibitions and original works and those sorts yeah. of things but they like the commercial aspect of the imagery mm. so we get that sort of area in the middle and there's lots of examples of, of 
students and people and you know, industries evolving around this this kind of mix of ideas. Mm, I think we're seeing it more and more, aren't we now? Yeah. So I mentioned to you earlier that Manchester Met have got the animation and illustration course, and we're seeing walls coming down between disciplines thanks to technology. So I'm I'm glad that's being reflected in education. Good. I mean, it's a really exciting time. I think. Mm. Yeah, I think you know students now don't have to solely go after clients. Yeah. Which was that that's what we had to do. You know, is I'm an editorial illustrator. That's what my decision is. I'm going to go and follow that. Um, but I said no. I mean, there's always been an aspect of people yeah. diversifying their practice, definitely. But I think no, it's just it's so open and easy for students to access different worlds and create a fan base. Yeah, and that's the key. You know, they can build a whole community around their practice. Yeah, and you've got some real good beacons out there. People like David Trickley and Mr. Bingo, people who've kind of done their thing to th- and done it really well to the point where they've built an audience and can lead the lead the you know lead the charge. Mr. Bingo's, yeah, a great, a great example. He's come here before. Has he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely a character. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but he's, he's done brilliantly. I mean, I would see him more now as a comedian. Yeah. For, you know, he's kind of this mix of comedy and illustration. Very much so. Which is great. I mean, I've seen more in the kind of comedy field. Yeah. Than, I mean, he definitely draws pictures, but if you look at his social media, he's, he's kind of a, he's a sort of a mini internet celebrity. Yeah, yeah, which is exciting. It's it's just shows, it just goes to show where, it, where it, you know, the, the possibilities are kind of endless now with the channels we have. Yeah, yeah. Which is cool. So to tell us briefly about your paintings. I think I was like, you showed me them this morning and they kind of blew me away. I, I didn't know you'd been doing this stuff. I've missed that part of your website. It seems like you've really kind of gone with a new slant, uh, more artistic slant. Would that be fair? Yeah, again, it's just, I think this is where the course, working here at the university in the course, has influenced me. You know, so I'm encouraging mm-hmm. the students to try different approaches and actually it's kind of inspired me to do the same. And so, yeah, so you develop a style, an illustration, you get known for that style. Um, scribble over everything, you know. Yeah. So you kind of, I've been working this way for years, and I felt like it just tightened up too much. Um, just you know, through commercial responsibilities and all those sorts of things, the ideas, like you say, weren't as edgy as they were when I first started. So I think it was just a case I've always painted in my spare time, but it's not been advertised. Mm. And so yeah, I got the opportunity to have an exhibition, a solo show, um, and so did a bunch of paintings over the space of six weeks. I think I turned about 50 paintings in about six weeks. Where was the show? Uh, in rugby. Okay. Yeah, and so then, then it was a few paintings, then got accepted into a few open shows. It's in London as well, and there's one in Stafford by me. So it's kind of exhibited at a few different places. And yeah, it was really well received. Um, it was kind of nerve-wracking. I think illustration, you can kind of, you can blame the client, I suppose, <laughs> if, yeah. if they haven't given you the right brief or the article or whatever. <laughs> but this was all kind of me and my ideas. But yeah, it, it was going back to that sort of that feeling at university where you can do what you want. I can say ideas. I'm swearing in my paintings again. It's like oh, yeah, I had that for a while. Real freedom, yeah. Why yeah. you on one hand you're opening yourself up to a whole new crowd of critics. Yeah. Probably a lot more ruthless than the illustration crowd. Yeah, yeah. But on the other hand, the freedom you've got there to do what the hell you like is brilliant, and you sold for you right as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just been really well received. I mean. They're kind of, they're a subsection of my website now. Mm. Uh, it's on Behance as well. And that, but that seems to get the most attention, the most kind of comments now. And yeah. So it's something I de- I'm definitely pursuing more. It's really out there. I mean, it's real and very strong, really strong. I'm, I'm a huge fan immediately. And that really doesn't surprise me to hear that they've been well received. And very excited about seeing where that goes. Thank you. It's certainly got uh, enough anchor points to your illustration for any fans of that. Yeah. But, but yeah. to excite them also with this whole new thread you know yeah I think my work's always been a bit mark making yeah. uh, mark making and yeah like you say social commentary um, so I think it's still got that but it's just mm. you now just got paints and no photoshop 
Yeah. So you can see more of the errors. Yeah. The errors were an excuse. I could hide them. Yeah. <laughs> this whole scribble thing was so I could hide my mistakes. It's interesting that because I've been finding a similar path on various projects myself, and without going into details, it's interesting that we're arriving there in a, a really quite a similar path of, a yeah. lot, like I say, going through the freelance lifestyle and the. I do think there comes a point where you start to look back and think, why did I start doing this in the first place, and and, and how much of that have, have I lost? Lost, you know. Yeah. If any, I mean, maybe you didn't feel you had lost any, but like you say, same thing. Certain constraints. Maybe some of my drawing was done on a fast deadline, so it was more mechanical. And then, I, and then I'll do something completely by accident in the studio and go, that's cool. That's <laughs> what it's all about. Yeah, yeah. It's the process. Mm. I mean, I'm not so concerned by finding the final thing. I just, you know, my favourite thing to do is go in the studio. Yeah. It just makes stuff. But that energy totally shows in those paintings you've been doing. I mean, you can see the abandon, and that's what really, that, that's the spirit, that's the spirit. <laughs> it's you funny know? you say that, yeah, my, my girlfriend always tells me off, because if you go to my studio, there's like, there's like unstretched canvases with paintings on all over the floor, Brilliant. and I'm just walking on them, and, you know, yeah. just like getting footprints all over them, and she's going, oh my God, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, that's, it's just the way I work, you know, I'm like a mess. To, I'm really glad to hear that, because there was a point, as a, as a fan of your work since uni, there, were, there was a point when I did look and think, Really started to tighten up then. I started to see the digital yeah, yeah. influence coming in, yeah. and just as a personal preference, I did prefer the more raw, earlier aesthetic where yeah. it was organic and unfinished. So I, I am glad that you've really let go on this stuff now. It's one of those things that yeah, the, the tighter I got, the more commissions I got. Mm. It was so it was, it was finding that balance between you know doing the stuff I wanted to do yeah. and eating. <laughs> of course, gotcha. yeah, so, it's, so the sort of the looser stuff got me the work. But then when I got the commissions, it had to tighten up a little bit. So yeah. it was this vicious circle. Very interesting. So yeah, I think when, get to a point where you can now just do what you want. And yeah. you know, if people want to buy into it, that's great. If they don't, brilliant. Yeah, I think that, that comes with a bit of maturity, I think. I think when you first graduate, you're full of energy. You just oh, want to impress. You just want to get work. Yeah, and you have to get out there and fail a bit, do you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm sure you tell your students that as well. You know? Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, I mean, I've yeah. failed so many times. <laughs> yeah. There's commissions oh, that will never make my portfolio. And well. I think we always should. I, just, I don't think there's ever a time not to fail. I think that's how you learn, don't you? you know? Yeah, this, this is just resistance, I think, from illustrators because it's such a temperamental career that they, they don't want to show the, the kind of the mm. vulnerable side. Yeah. You know, the mistakes and the, the, you know, the mishaps. But I think that, that humanises the process. Yeah. I think with something, everything's so kind of structured and neat and slick that actually the handmade, you know, it, there's, there's always something about the handmade that people are going to want to find out about. Oh, know, God, the yeah. Process. They will because people see something of themselves in it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's it. Brilliant. Well, so, okay, so the last bit, I always ask my guests this one. It's a little bit of an on-the-spot question. But I ask them, Shark in the Tank section, where I ask for a love on a hit or a positive and a negative can be as serious or as playful as you like. And it's loosely within the creative world, where it's a very lateral question. It can be as, you know, it can be whatever you want it to be. This is the on-the-spot. I knew you do this. I've listened to your podcast, <laughs> and I completely forgot. <laughs> it's all right. The best, the best options are when people get blindsided. Uh, sorry, best answers are when people get blindsided by it. So things that I love. Oh, just a thing, a thing of each, a love and a hate, but it can be as silly or as serious as you want. Okay, so yeah, I, um, let's have a think. I suppose I, I love the fact that I get to do this mm. every day. It's, I mean, that's always been my ambition. It's never been, you know, to buy a yacht yeah. or, you know, fast cars. Or scaffolding. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it's always been like, I can literally, I sometimes I'll sit in my house and I'll kind of, it's not, you know, it's a, it's a nice house, but it's nothing extravagant. So I sometimes look at the walls and look at the, the kind of, the stuff I've got around me and go, God, this drawing paid for all of this. Yeah. And that's, I think I still get excited by that. Me too. Even commissions. Every time I get a new commission, there's still it's not. I'm not as giddy as yeah. the very first one, but still, I'm. You know, it's still a thrill. Do you ever have a moment where you just look at like I don't know an old magazine or something, and you just you finally block everything else out and go, 
actually pretty cool actually. I do not my, not meaning my own work, but like you say, just the fact that I'm doing this now for a living. Yeah, and I think the biggest thing for me is now I've got a daughter. I've kept all my my as many of my published things as I can keep, and now just thinking like that when when I'm older and grey and I can pull these out and say, look, this was what I used to do. Remember the, these were called magazines? Yeah. I used to read these things. And so I think, you know, I've sneaked into a couple of commissions as well, so she gets really excited that she's in magazines. That's so cool. I'd like to kind That's of do a few cool. of that sort of stuff. What a great thing to experience as a kid. She loved it. I mean, she was um, she was an evil twin. Wow. In Mixmag, so I had to, yeah, I drew it twice as a good and an evil version. That's, that's because the amount of times I've used a girlfriend all that when I was sharing yeah. with Danny Ollison, you know, from my degree. Yeah, yeah. The amount of times I ended up in his photograph for reference, but I never thought about that as, as like your children and actually the ability to give them a cool experience like that. What? Yeah, yeah. I mean, she that's loved awesome. it. She, she was really excited. I mean, I didn't tell her what magazine she was in. <laughs> she had to get a bit older before she kind of yeah. gets the context. That's very cool. That's social currency when she gets older. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Nobody cared about magazines, though. <laughs> That's she was true. like, oh yeah, here's this cassette tape I was on. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. So yeah, hate. Oh, where do I start? <laughs> where do I start? In the creative world. Very loosely. I mean, people have said the weather and stuff like that before now. Anything <laughs> goes, really. But I suppose an over saturation, mm. um, especially on social media. I think just over saturation of, of information and mm. not being able to really can get your head around a sort of subject. Yeah, I think everyone's living in these very confined bubbles now, where you know they're reinforced by the social media groups that they're in. So, you know, they're kind of, there's the armchair activists mm. who, you know, they, they have a very strong opinion about something, and, but don't read outside of their immediate circle. So I suppose that's, that's quite frustrating, that we've become, I think, very segmented mm. in that kind of social media groups, even though it seems very open and, you know, we can all kind of talk to everybody now. I think, in a way, social media has engineered this sort of situation where we're only reinforcing our opinions, yeah. following people that we agree with. Yeah. Um, and I think it's, a, it's an issue where we've created two extremes. We've got the left and the right now. And I think that's helped Trump. That's helped Brexit. Um, so I think that's a, it's an issue. I think people need to be more open to other opinions. Don't have to agree with them, but they, I think it's they don't have to read true. about them. It's very yeah. true. I always say that uh, we wouldn't, a big part of this mess is the fact that you, know, you have, like you said there, the left will pounce upon someone very much box them as a whatever it is a racist whatever else you know and you, yeah, think, yeah. And you think if we could all even at the level of politics not to get political on the show but if you could have just sit down and have an open debate and you could all throw your you know, your genuine opinions around and not be afraid to put that on the table we might be in a better place but um, yeah. yeah I think there will be a better place I mean I kind of say politically you know if people ask you if you're left or right I'm ambidextrous <laughs> good answer yeah I kind yeah. of you know I think both sides have got their you know their valid points yeah, uh, but I think you have to be open-minded enough to sort of take it all in. Yeah, and not know. disrespect people from either side as well. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing, isn't it? You know, I think you know, good society mm. is about kind of living with other people's opinions rather than trying to change it. Yeah. You know, as long as nothing, nobody's been hurt, yeah. or you know, I think it's important to live with differences. Yeah. So yeah, that would be what I would hate. I think these bubbles that have been created. Yeah, good answer, actually. Yeah, and Thanks. social media. Yeah, no, I think that's that's good. It's brilliant. Okay. Nice one, Jeff. Cheers, man. Cool. Thanks, Ben. 
Thanks to Jay for taking the time to sit down with me and have this conversation. Uh, what do you think? What have you been changing recently? What do you want to change and how do you feel about it? Get us the feedback on Twitter at Arrest Olympics. I want to hear about you. What are you scared about? What's holding you back from changing? Where would you like to go and what are the reasons why you haven't yet done it? What are you planning to do to get there? Let us know because we, we love these conversations. There was huge comeback on the Jodie Goldman episode a couple of shows ago talking about... Um, all those things, imposter syndrome, comparatitis. Why do we why do we hold ourselves up against people with a totally different story, with a totally different life and set of circumstances when it's really futile? But we do. I do it myself. Um, I want those thoughts. Please get them over. Um, it's it's really interesting, isn't it? Change. We we all have these visions of where we want to go, and sometimes when we get there, we realise we've got a lot that we we haven't yet fulfilled and, and how do you do it because it's difficult when you've created a brand and you've got clients coming to you so fair play to Jay Taylor for having the balls to do it what an interesting story uh, I hope you agree we've got all sorts of great stuff coming up um, what we've got going on we've got Graham Wood um, of Tomato coming up that's one hell of an episode very very inspiring person in my own journey um, got Kate Forrester lettering specialist coming up very soon too and of course the big 100th episode with Olivia Kugler so it's an absolute belter I like to think all these shows are, uh, are belters if you disagree also let us know I'm up for it get the criticism on um, people have done that and it's been really helpful so there you go go back and check out the archive as ever anytime soundcloud.com forward slash arrest all mimics and subscribe on apple podcasts and itunes we're on stitcher if you want to listen offline we're on pod bay as far as i'm aware all the big platforms so there you have it thanks again to the sponsors heartinternet.co.uk illustrationweb.com um and that's about it spread the love please do share the word if you like the show drop us a review on itunes and apple podcasts and go and tell your mates all about it cheers for checking in guys it's a pleasure have a great week stay creative and i'll chat to you very very soon 